One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. Screen time. It's my screen time too. Screen time. Hello and welcome to It's My Screen Time Too, the podcast from two moms who think Vanderpump is an animated chihuahua. I'm Deborah. And I'm Katie. And I have three kids, a seven-year-old named Tony and four-year-old twins named Libby and Nate. And I have one kid, Jay, who is 21 months old. So we'd like to try and get the mom stuff over sooner rather than later. So we thought we'd take a little minute to talk about how adorable our kids are, because they are. (laughs) They're great. They're great. So Jay knows a lot of words, but he doesn't say, I love you unprompted very often like he says it in response but he doesn't just randomly come out with an I love you all that often so the other day we were out on the patio and he was sweeping with a broom as toddlers love to do and he goes mommy I love you and my heart melted into a million pieces and I got down like I squatted down to his level and I was like I love you too you're so sweet and then he says it again mommy I love broom oh Oh, man I was so disappointed oh that's nice too (laughs) yeah I mean if he can go his whole life continuing to love broom I'll take a clean kid that's fine Aw. So two of my kids, two out of three of my kids can put their own shoes on, which is great. I mean, it's not too much to ask of a (laughs) seven-year-old, but it is apparently too much to ask for some four-year-old. So I'm trying to embrace this time in my life when I am needed for all the things. (laughs) That's true. That is what the, uh, the Facebook memes would say. Yeah, I'm just giving in. I'm not I'm not counting to three anymore. I'm not pretending to leave the house with a barefoot kid. I'm just going to put his shoes on him and buy him some Crocs for the summer that he can slip on. He'll get there. I have one very yeah. wise non-parent friend who whenever I bring up something like this, like when Jay, Jay was pretty late to start teething, So she would always say really wise things like, I don't know any adults who never had any teeth. That's a good thing to remember. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Should we move on to the big show? Yes. This episode, we're discussing Nine Lives, which is a movie starring Kevin Spacey. And I can give the summary from IMDb. Tom Brand is the main character. He's a daredevil billionaire at the top of his game. His company, Firebrand, is nearing completion on its greatest achievement to date, the tallest skyscraper in the Northern Hemisphere. But Tom's workaholic lifestyle has disconnected him from his family, particularly his beautiful wife, Laura, played by Jennifer Garner, and his adoring daughter, Rebecca, played by Melina Wiseman. Rebecca's 11th birthday is here, and she wants the gift she wants every year, which is a cat. Tom hates cats, but he's without a gift and time is running out, so his GPS directs him to a mystical pet store where the store's eccentric owner, Felix Perkins, played by Christopher Walken, presents him with a majestic Tom cat named Mr. Fuzzy Pants. 
Tom goes to present his daughter with her dream pet, but a bizarre turn of events on the way finds Tom trapped inside the body of Mr. Fuzzy Pants. Uh, adopted by his own family, he begins to experience what life is truly like for the family pet. And as a cat, Tom begins to see his family and his life through a new and unexpected perspective. His family adjusts to life with an odd and stubborn cat. And Tom's son, David, played by Robbie Amell, steps up in ways Tom never expected. If any hope exists of returning to his family as the husband and father they deserve, Tom has to learn why he has been placed in this peculiar situation and the great lengths he must go back or he must go to to earn back his human existence. Wow. That sounds like a great movie to review for our first ever movie review. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty recent. It came out in 2016 and it's available via Amazon Prime, which is how we both watched it. And why did we pick it? It's our first movie. We've never done a movie before. We wanted to try something a little bit longer format. And yeah, I mean, the podcast might be a little touch and go because it's a little different from our usual structure, but we'll try and make it work. I also love it when otherwise respected actors make crazy choices. And I'm kind of fascinated trying to uh, piece together the thought process that went into them saying yes, which is usually just buckets of money right that's what it boils down to most times but was this in the theater I honestly think it was I seem to remember seeing a trailer for it and being like what the what Kevin Spacey it wasn't on my radar but I saw it I don't know I saw a trailer for it I think somewhere along the line it's funny how the use of streaming services lowers our standards a lot as to what we're willing to watch because it's available you know like A lot of times the higher quality movies aren't there, so you end up watching things like Nine Lives, which to be honest, I never would have just scrolled past and been like, yes, that looks like a winner. But (laughs) should we just take a minute because that was a really thorough plot summary. Thank you, IMDb user. And say any thoughts we have about the plot? Sure. Well, I feel like I've been thinking about how to address kind of the elephant in the room, which is that Tom Brand is a bit of a Trumpian character. <laughs> and I was able to get through the movie by thinking of him as more of a um, the Virgin Airlines guy. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Is it Richard Branson? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't so think Trump think would of... be doing any skydiving. No, but it was a lot about the building and it had his name on it yeah he was really obsessed with the building having his name on it and he had founded this company which it was never really clear what this company did exactly and he seemed to have absolutely no understanding of how the company was run (laughs) and his son who's like even dumber than he is worked for him you thought he was supposed yeah. to be dumb? I didn't think he was Had supposed to be much, dumb. Well, <laughs> just underappreciated. Yeah, much, young, yeah. <laughs> much younger and beautiful wife. He was pretty much a d bag. Wow. So you're just seeing literally everything through the lens of Trump these days. It's. <laughs> I, I was not gonna go go down this road. So, what'd you think of the plot? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. That seems safer. Okay. (laughs) 
there were some little things that I wrote down that I thought were actually kind of funny. Like after Kevin Spacey leaves the mystical pet shop and uh, Christopher Walken has decided to somehow put him into the body of this cat. Christopher Walken says to the cats, okay, cats, let's do this. (laughs) I just thought that was so ridiculous. And then Kevin Spacey's reaction when he finds he's a cat is seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I loved the Christopher Walken pet shop. And when Kevin, like, you know what's going to happen. Kevin Spacey goes in there and it's like creepy music. And it was very reminiscent of the scene in Big, which to me is, I mean, that's my touchstone for this type of switcheroo movie because it's the first one I ever watched. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was similar in feel and tone to the arcade fortune teller scene in Big. See, I don't think it could ever compare because I was terrified of that fortune teller growing up to the point where like sometimes when I'm in an old mall or something and they have one of those novelty fortune tellers, I still walk by really fast because <laughs> it still kind of creeps me out. <laughs> um, One thing that I was surprised by that I liked was the wife, Laura, was friends, like best friends with Bran's ex-wife. Yes, and his ex-wife that is was played fun. by the always delightful Cheryl Hines, who, as as usual, makes everything she's in hilarious. So that was, yeah, yeah, a really nice touch. And remarkably civil of them to be close and friends. You're right. I don't think, well, no, I'm not going to go back to Trump. I was going to say I don't think that Melania and uh, Ivana are friends. That was his wife, no. his prior wife, right? Previous right. wife? Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I liked the nice little sequence of the cat trying to get into the liquor box or the liquor box. (laughs) That's a combination of liquor cabinet and litter box. (laughs) Into the liquor cabinet. (laughs) Because it made me think like, how would I operate a box of wine if I didn't have opposable thumbs? (laughs) (laughs) But wouldn't that also be your first instinct if you like woke up in the body of the cat and you were just like, well, what the F am I supposed to do? I guess I'll just drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's not going to eat the disgusting cat food like that's <laughs> no. blopped into the cat dish. That was gross. Yeah, that was pretty gross. One funny touch was when he did finally open the whiskey bottle, like the stopper launched onto a photo of Tom Brand with George W. Bush. I didn't even see who it was in the photo. I figured it must be someone famous because they kept flashing back to it, but I just kept not catching it. Maybe my husband is right and our TV is really small. Maybe, because then he also spilled ink all over that same photo. I know, and I didn't see it again. I was like, yes, there's that photo of Tom Brand and someone whose face is now covered in ink that I can't see. Uh, The final, I don't think it's... Do we have to say spoilers? Okay, spoilers for the denouement of this movie. But Kevin Spacey has to learn to sacrifice his own self-interest for his family in order to become a human again. And the way this happens in the movie is instead of staying with his daughter and his wife, who are just starting to maybe figure out that he's actually a human, he rushes off to prevent his son from 
committing suicide by jumping off a building. It was like a weirdly dark twist to take, I thought, in a kid's movie. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, but they walk that back because it turns out that the son is not actually going to commit suicide. He's going to jump off the building and parachute down to miraculously save his dad's company at the 11th hour. Right. And he was unwilling at the very opening scene of the movie to base jump. Yes. But I actually thought the scene where the son was, okay, base jumping, not skydiving. I don't really understand. So the son is flying, falling down the side (laughs) of the building. And the cat, his dad as the cat also jumps off. So there's this hilarious scene where they're floating next to one another and like turning to one another. It was actually pretty great. It was maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie. (laughs) Do you have any other thoughts about the plot? Just some, it required a lot of, well, it's a movie about a guy who turns into a cat. So it requires some suspension of disbelief. (laughs) But when he's in the hospital in a coma, the wife, Jennifer Garner, is there with the cat in its like wicker cat carrier like who lets a cat into a hospital i mean it was probably like that intensive care unit yeah that's true super unsanitary (laughs) i almost thought that was more implausible than a billionaire turning in switching places with a cat (laughs) all right on that note should we move on to the cast sure one major note I made was that Jennifer Garner herself was in a switcheroo movie, 13 going on 30. (laughs) So I wonder, was that part of her decision-making process? Because 13 going on 30 was pretty successful, right? Right. I don't know. I would see, maybe I just give actors too much of the benefit of the doubt, but I would have to think that she would look at the script for 13 going on 30 and be like, oh, this is like a nice witty coming of age slash romantic comedy let's do this and then she'd look at the script for nine lives and be like oh this is a cash grab that insults the intelligence of children was it it came out last year but i wonder when it was filmed was that post ben affleck oh i don't know yeah i i mean if we're not together enough to know what the heck vanderpump is then i (laughs) doubt that either of us has a firm grasp on the timeline of the garner affleck marriage breakup (laughs) My first thought when I saw Jennifer Garner was his wife, because I didn't look it up before watching the movie, was, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, here's another instance of an attractive young woman married to an older man, and they're going to pretend like that's not weird. Right. But to the movie's credit, they did definitely address the fact that like she was his second wife. And she was definitely the younger model compared to his first wife, which a lot of movies don't do that. But then I was just feeling bad for Jennifer Garner because I feel like she plays a lot of those like thankless wife roles. Like for a woman who got her start being a badass secret agent on Alias. And now she's like, oh, you know, Kevin Costner's random wife on that awful football movie or like Ricky Gervais's girlfriend (laughs) on the invention of lying or Steve Carell's wife on uh uh, it was based on that kid's book the terrible horrible oh Alexander yes yes I don't know 
she's got three kids. Yeah. She's divorced. And all of her, almost all of her scenes took place in that cushy apartment. So I bet she got in there. She was able to film it in like three days because she's a pro. Yeah, you're right. She's struggling for some kind of work-life balance. And if that means she has to take less meaty roles, yeah, that's that's valid. Maybe that was a part of her motivation. But does Kevin Spacey have that excuse? I don't know. I mean, for him, it was basically like working on an animated film because yeah, he just did true. the voice because like, his body was just laying in the hospital. Can I ask you a question about Kevin Spacey? Yeah. Is Kevin Spacey famous? Well, to me, he is. What for? Uh, American Beauty. Okay, it took me forever to come up with the reason why he was famous, to remember that that movie existed. (laughs) (laughs) And he's so delightfully droll. I don't know, maybe switching places with a cat is just his kind of thing. You know what? It kind of reminded me of that horrible Dustin Hoffman movie, uh, it's another one whose title I'm gonna forget. It's like Doctor Imaginarium's Emporium or something. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. No, that was Robin <laughs> no, Williams. Robin Williams, and it is not horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just like a good actor stump like wants to make a family friendly movie. Maybe has a genuine interest in expanding his fan base. And just for whatever reason, just does not understand what makes a kid's movie good. Yeah, maybe. So can we talk about Mark Consuelos? Who's Mark Consuelos? Oh, was he the evil COO or whatever? The guy who was trying to take over the company? Yes. Okay. Yes. Ian was the character's name, I think? Sure. I didn't even write it down. You don't know Mark Consuelos? Well, I recognized him, but I don't know where from. Well, he's married to Kelly Ripa. Okay. So maybe he started in soaps. That would make sense. He does have a face for soaps. So you've never seen Alpha House? No. Is it good? Oh, my God. So let's pause. (laughs) And you can go and watch all of Alpha House, which is like at least two seasons. And then we can resume after you're caught up. Okay. So that's an Amazon original series, right? Yeah, and and it's uh, well, it was funnier um, under the last presidential administration because it's about four Republican senators who, or four four congressmen who live in like a townhouse together in D.C. <laughs> and he's from Florida. He's sort of a Marco Rubio type. Okay, and he's like a Latino, but he doesn't speak Spanish very well. And he, like, it kind of as a playboy, oh, it's just so funny. So I, I love him for that show. And so I loved him in this role. I'm um, really excited to hear that because, you know, Amazon does a terrible job of promoting its original content. And so, like, I see it as I'm scrolling through things and I think, I love me some John Goodman. I should check that out. But yes. I've heard absolutely yes. nothing about it. So I have no reason to click on it. But now I do. Yeah, it's super funny. And <laughs> He, I thought he did a good job playing like the evil uh, antagonist, like the scene at the top of the tower when it's raining and um, Tom Brand falls and Mark Consuelos is standing there and like you can see like his eyeliner like tripping <laughs> down his face. So so evil, so good. Let's see who else. Oh well, 
Walken. I love it when Walken does these like cuddly movies. <laughs> like those are some of my favorite Walken movies. The yeah. uh, did you ever see Blast from the Past? No, I haven't seen that. It's like uh, Christopher Walken and Sissy Spacek are the parents of Brendan Fraser, and they thought that uh, the bomb went off in the 60s. So they raised him in a bunker underground, and then they have to send him up to like get supplies in the 90s. Oh, I have seen that. I didn't realize Christopher Walken was in that. It, was, it must have just yeah. been on HBO or something, because I think I... No, I don't think. I know that I, I rewatched it again recently and it was really, it was funny. I would check it out. And I know everyone maligns the movie version of Hairspray for the weirdness that was uh, John Travolta in a fat mm-hmm. suit and a dress. Um, but Christopher Walken was also really sweet in that movie. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I just think he takes these kids movies in the right spirit. And despite the fact that I just gave Kevin Spacey crap for doing the exact same movie, I don't know. It just looked better on (laughs) Walk-In. Do I have any other notes on the cast? Oh, other than I mentioned before that I love Cheryl Hines. Okay, so that was the cast, and we pretty much covered the plot. Uh, We've kind of been talking in and out about general comments about this style of movie, but uh, the plot felt really familiar and to me, it fell between two camps, uh, movies in which bad dads have to be taught a lesson mm-hmm. and movies in which people are magically turned into animals. So uh, when it comes to bad dads being taught a lesson, my first thought was it's a wonderful life, which I feel like that is just the classic example, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, And then people being magically turned into animals, as soon as I sat down thinking about it, I was like, well, pretty much almost every classic Disney cartoon, um, The Emperor's New Groove, Beauty and the Beast, Princess and the Frog. But the one that I thought of the the minute we picked this movie was this old movie from the 60s. I feel like it must have played on like the Disney Channel when I was little or something. It was called Shaggy Dog. Oh, I watched it a long time ago, though. Yeah. yeah. I, For some reason, I thought that was a bad dad that got turned into a dog, but then I read the plot synopsis just in preparation for this podcast, and no, it was a teenager. So clearly the entirety of the plot has fled my brain. But uh, but yeah, that was just my my initial thought. Yeah, and I was just going with movies where people have like an out-of-body switching experience. But all the ones I thought of are with another human. Yeah, until like you big. mentioned that, yeah, until you were talking about big, what about like um, Freaky Friday? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since we were talking about 13 going on 30, did you ever see the much, much less good Mark Ruffalo rom-com, Just Like Heaven, in which <laughs> Reese Witherspoon is also in a coma in the hospital, but instead she's a ghost that only he can see? and she's a workaholic (laughs) doctor so she has to learn how to love life and also spoiler love mark ruffalo (laughs) oh (laughs) so that was also like this except without the adorable presence of mr fuzzy pants right who just as an aside like i don't have a cat and i don't 
I'm not a cat person really. But every time anyone picked up that shaggy hunk of fur, like I sneezed, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sympathy, sympathy sneezes. There were moments when I was watching it where I was like, oh, that is some terrible puppet work. Then there were other moments where I was like, oh, that is some terrible CGI. So I'm just wondering if it was all CGI or if there was a puppet involved. I don't know. The cat looked very clunky anytime it was asked to do anything other than just sit and be a cat. Right, right. Clearly, they dropped their whole budget hiring Kevin Spacey. So I've got two two things I want to talk about. The jokes mm-hmm. that were in it, um, and also the setting. Okay. So I made a little list of all the jokes that I thought were kind of funny. Okay. Um, and also this kind of leads me to question, who is this movie for? <laughs> Is it for kids or kids and their adults? Older kids? I don't know because one drunk cat yeah. makes me think it's not for kids. And some of the jokes, like a really funny one was the ex, no, the wife said in a speech she was giving for a fundraiser, he loves children. He says they make the best smartphones. <laughs> Just so bad, but so funny. Yeah. Um, I think they're probably shooting for the, uh, what do they call it? Like a four quadrant. <laughs> well, probably not four yeah. quadrant because teenage boys are never going to like this movie. But I think the uh, the 11 year old girl is probably the the number one intended target. Yeah. But is she going to get the joke? Do they make MRIs for cats? You mean cat scans? <laughs> They got to throw us parents some bones. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else? What What other jokes? So the cat was trying to use an iPad to send a message to his family to communicate that he was really Tom Brand. And the voiceover said, ironically, I could really use a mouse right now. <laughs> I mean, do kids even know what like a computer mouse is? No, no, they don't. Oh, they have to. They still use like desktops at schools, don't they? Me? Oh, Maybe. I would think there's not there's not a budget to have like a nice mouse free laptop for every every kid. Well, one at the beginning when they were having a board meeting, um, he said, and that's why we call it a board quotation marks meeting like B.O.R.E.D. And that's a joke that I will always find funny. That's always funny. (laughs) It's also why I haven't worked in an office in like 10 years. I think, too, that your standards for humor do go way down when you're a parent. Because <laughs> you're just happy for, like, any scrap of evidence that they're talking to you and not just your child. That's true. That's true. <laughs> what about the setting? Okay, have you watched Big Little Lies No, not yet. Not yet. I guess... Well, I watch. Oh, go ahead. I guess I thought that uh, my husband would watch it with me, but... Now I realize that that's never going to happen, so I have to find imaginary solo time in my schedule to watch it. (laughs) Oh, he might like it. Um, My husband and I watched it together, and he he liked it. And it was good for, like, the plot and everything, but also super enjoyable because it was about all these uh, 
really wealthy people who lived in beautiful homes and wore impeccable outfits Mm -hmm. to drive their kids to school (laughs) along the California coastline. So I enjoyed it just for the eye candy as much as anything. And I think I kind of liked Nine Lives just for the beautiful New York apartment. That was a really pretty apartment. They had two grand pianos that nobody ever played. We should all be so lucky. (laughs) The other just random thing about the setting that I noticed right at the beginning is for a lot of the first part of the movie before he turns into Mr. Fuzzy Pants, Kevin Spacey is driving places quickly in his fancy Lexus. Mm -hmm. And he always just parks right in front of the door. Like, he never has to park in a parking lot. He always just pulls right up to the door of wherever he's going and jumps out of the car. (laughs) Yeah. Also, almost more unbelievable than switching places with a cat. Because this is New York. (laughs) I I don't care how wealthy you are. You probably have to at least wait in a valet line or something. Yeah. So do you think, is there a gritty non-family version of this that you can see in your mind's eye? Well, one thing that struck me was the focus on how he had succeeded in business but was failing his family. And I think there was a line that said, a man who failed at what mattered most. Maybe that's like the tagline from the movie. Mm -hmm. So I think a funny concept for a movie would be Um, I guess it's sort of like a Mr. Mom type thing. Like what if there's a parent with a high powered career and they try to stay home with their kids and they realize that actually the nanny and the preschool teachers are way better suited to it. (laughs) And so (laughs) they go back to work. Isn't this kind of the plot of the eighties movie, uh, baby boom? Oh yeah. Yeah. Where she goes on to create a baby food empire or something because she I guess learned nothing from her time alone with her child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Well, I was thinking of other like not switcheroo movies. I guess movies where grown-ups turn into animals that aren't kids movies. Have you seen the movie The Lobster? Oh god. Yes. <laughs> Did you watch it? No, no, no. I haven't seen it yet. You have a horrified... Deborah has a horrified look on her face. (laughs) Was it awful? Like, I just know that people turn into animals when they can't find Uh, mates, right? Yeah, it was... So I went to it by myself (laughs) in, like, as, uh, like, a me afternoon, you know? Like, I didn't have any kid responsibilities that day, like... We do that every once in a while where we each get like a Saturday to do whatever we want. Uh I was really hot out and I thought it looked like a good movie, like a funny movie. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be funny and it was not (laughs) funny. So they go. So if, if you don't find a mate at this like 28 day rehab for unmarried, then you get turned into a wild animal of your choice and you basically die. I mean, do you get to live out the entirety of the animal's life? Or, I mean, do you get zapped into the body of a middle-aged cow? Or Yeah, because in the surrounding woods of this place, they are there are, like, ex- some exotic creatures, like, that they spot every once in a while. <laughs> the ending, I don't want to spoil it. It's really brutal, though. So. I'm not going to lie. You're not making me want to see it. So. 
<laughs> no, actually, I preferred Nine Lives to The Lobster. <laughs> okay. Take that, Colin Farrell. <laughs> the other example I thought of was Game of Thrones, which I know you don't watch. But there's this thing called warging uh, or okay. being a warg. And, and uh, some of the characters can, like, be, they can see through the eyes of their, like, pet animal uh one guy has like a hawk or something and one of the main guys has a wolf and uh it's like weirdly socially stigmatized in this society when it seems like it would be a super useful skill or talent to have (laughs) i don't know that was the only other like non-family friendly version that i could think of and also it was really the only version I could think of where it wasn't phrased as a punishment for not doing something right, like not being a good dad or not finding your mate by the time you're X years old. Or Yeah, there were also the shapeshifters in that HBO vampire oh, series yeah. about Sookie Stackhouse. Mm-hmm. True Blood, you're right. True Blood. True Blood. I guess you're right. That wasn't a punishment. Although being on True Blood for so many arguably kind of a punishment (laughs) is there a casting choice you'd have liked to see more like is there anyone that could have starred in this movie and you'd be like oh that would have been hilarious oh good question do you have you go first (laughs) I did I was thinking about comedians because I'm I'm a comedy fan and I was thinking if it would have been better with a comic in the lead role then I thought about this hilarious comedy album that I listened to like eight times when I was driving across the country a few years ago and it's by the comic Paul F. Tompkins and the album is called Freak Wharf and he has this whole bit about how much he hates dogs (laughs) so I thought it would be really funny to see a movie in which Paul F. Tompkins is forced to inhabit the body of a dog that would be my pick I think Wanda Sykes would be funny if we're doing comedians. She's got a little bit of the same droll funniness that Kevin Spacey does. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. That's all I got. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you have any other thoughts on this this movie? Okay, so if you were... No, if your husband were turned into a cat, (laughs) what would you... No, I guess I don't want to answer this. I was just thinking about the the parts where um, Tom Brand as the cat is like following his wife around as she's like getting dressed and doing stuff around the house. And yeah, I don't want to answer what I wouldn't want somebody to see me if they were a cat. Oh, like moments where I would be doing something that my husband wouldn't normally see. Right. In the movie, it's framed as like, oh, these are unguarded moments that make him love her more. But in my real life, it would probably just be like me farting significantly more <laughs> than I do when he's yeah. around. And I'm not sure that or would inspire. Or singing, like, singing, <laughs> singing to songs on the radio that I don't really know the words to. <laughs> Which is something I do only where I, when I'm absolutely sure I'm home alone. Yeah. Nobody else around. Yeah. Windows closed. <laughs> Well, see, your example is way more flattering than mine. (laughs) (laughs) Should we do 10 seconds on whether or not this is good for our kids? Sure. No. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) 
So you wouldn't, there you wouldn't let your kids. There was driving in this movie. Oh, was there? Well, he was like navigating a map, but he was definitely looking more at the phone than at the road. Oh, yeah. But he wasn't like held up as an example of how you should be. No, no, yeah. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as usual with this question, I think Jay is really too young to get any of it. I don't know. There was nothing particularly wrong with it. There are just a lot better movies for kids. Totally. Totally. And my kids don't really want to watch anything that's not animated. Yeah, same. But more specifically, my kid doesn't want to watch anything that's not animated and not a musical. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, there are a lot of good ones out there. Should we rate? Uh, sure. What what did you think? How many stars? I'd give it like two and a half. Yeah, I think I'd go with two. But Mark Consuelos. Yeah, I mean, there were some bright spots, but was it worth sitting through the whole movie? No, I admit the last half hour was a struggle. Except for that skydiving scene with the cats. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast aggregating service you use uh, you can tweet us with show or movie suggestions or any general comments at at my screen time two or you can email us at my screen time two at gmail.com tune in in two weeks for more real talk about the movies and tv beloved by kids and tolerated by parents bye bye my screen time